Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories of everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. In Season 2, we're doing a deep dive into one person's journey, with debt. I'm your host, Chien. Thanks for telling us about your money plans, the ones you're choosing to put on hold and ones that you're picking back up again. We love hearing about how you're using your budgets to spend, save, and give to what's truly important to you. And as always, thanks for subscribing to the podcast and leaving your reviews. You're listening to the final episode of season two of The Good Budget Way. I can't believe we're at the last one. Last time, Carissa shared how she felt about picking things back up again and making a second attempt at paying off her debt. She talked about how she restarted after a chunky break and what trade-offs she made to give herself another solid start. In this episode, we'll hear how Carissa finally paid off all her debt, $40,000, and how it felt to make that very last payment and where she is now. She'll share about some of the key money talks she had along the way too. And at the end, we'll get to reflect ourselves on money conversations that we may wanna have with people that we trust. Thanks, Carissa, for bringing us along your debt journey thus far. Yeah, thank you. It's been super inspiring and definitely great to hear that you were able to get back on track after you had kind of gotten that setback and taken a break for a little bit. At that point, you were a little over a year into your debt payment plan, and then you had another year to go. Was that right? Yeah, about a year. Okay, so tell us a little bit, did everything go according to plan at that point? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think I got all the surprises out of the way (laughs) in the first year of paying off uh, debt. So the second the second year seemed to be a lot smoother, which was great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about those last few months leading up to your final payment. What were you thinking about or feeling at that time? Yeah, it was exciting and agonizing all at the same time. Um, Definitely was an exercise of patience because I was just so excited about being done that it was literally all I could think about. <laughs> like, again, I was obsessed with it. Uh-huh. So you were obsessed at the beginning and uh-huh. then you were obsessed near the end too. Yep. Yeah. And I'm very confident I was annoying my boyfriend and my mom talking about paying off debt. <laughs> <laughs> like what? You'd be like having dinner with them and then. Yeah. And I was like talking about my debt payoff plan and like, <laughs> all these things. Folding yeah. laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Like I can specifically remember like Pretty much every conversation I'd have with my boyfriend, like leading up to it, was like, I'm going to pay off debt soon and like, I'm going to do it this way. And like, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you mentioned that you were annoying them. Why do you think it might be annoying to your boyfriend or your mom? Well, I always kind of wondered. I know for my boyfriend, he had just bought a car. Uh-huh. And I was like, Am I like rubbing it in his face that I'm <laughs> going to be debt free soon? And like, meanwhile, he's just purchased a new car and he's going to be in you know debt for a while oh so I, see. I don't know if I was kind of being a brat I don't think I was I hope I wasn't you'll have to ask him yeah exactly we'll have to bring him someday and ask <laughs> <laughs> so at that point were you just making the normal debt snowball payments kind of the plan that you had set out that second January um yeah some months I was able to pay more mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I was, I mean, making the consistent at least the minimum mm-hmm. um, throughout that time. Minimum, not the minimum payments, but your minimum snowball yes, size. Yes, my minimum snowball size. Okay. Um, and I would say if folks are really 
for folks listening, if you're really motivated to pay off debt, like there are definite ways you can boost your your monthly payments. For me, um, I had been living in an apartment that was relatively cheap for the area that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. Um, so my I had made the decision a while ago to um, live farther away from where I work so that I could have uh, housing that was a lot more affordable. So that really helped to make my payment to boost my payments. And you um, had a roommate too. And I had a roommate. And if you want to hear that story, you go back to season one because Carissa <laughs> talks all about her search for housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I had a side gig. So I had a job that I did on the weekends and that helped to really boost my payments as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So you had gone for cheaper housing, you had a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you also had cut out some less necessary areas of your spending. Yeah, lots of cuts to spending. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that kind of enabled you to build a larger snowball, which mm-hmm. in some months was even larger because you happened not to spend on certain things. That makes sense. Um, so at that point, then you were getting pretty close to the end, maybe like two, three months away. What were you thinking at that point? Um, well, I was thinking, I really want to be done. <laughs> and there were, there was actually a period when I decided that I wanted to take like a good two thirds chunk of my savings and put that towards debt. And that would have been like my last payment to oh, debt. Yeah. That would have been a bold move, especially because you had been, well, you had had a couple surprises, setbacks, um, and you kind of realized like, oh, maybe I wasn't totally prepared. You had also been intentional about how much you had set aside in your savings uh, because you were thinking about, like, if I had loss of income for some reason, then I would still be able to pay bills. Um, So how did you decide to take that risk? Did you talk to anybody about it? Yeah, I, yes, I knew it was definitely a risk, Um, but I was so close to being done and I really just wanted to be done like I re- I just was so excited about pressing submit fi- like for the last time um, and and being debt-free that I thought it was worth it and I did seek a lot of counsel I did talk to my mom and I did talk to my boyfriend and kind of get their opinions on it um, so yeah at that time when you said you were so close to being done how many months away when you were having this um, internal conversation and then conversation with your mom and your boyfriend about maybe taking some out of savings yeah, I guess I would have been maybe two or three months away from being done. Okay, so you were yeah. really close. I was so out of close. your like two year plan. It was just like two or three months away. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you said you talked to your mom and you talked to your boyfriend. Tell us about the conversation with your mom. Yeah. So that conversation, um, I, I think it was in person, and actually it might have been on the phone. I'm not sure. <laughs> I talked to my mom a lot. We live relatively close by, so uh-huh. we see each other pretty often. Um. But I do remember talking about my idea of taking out two thirds of my savings and putting that towards debt and, um, you know, kind of talked her through, well, you know, I'm only going to have a thousand in my savings. And, you know, that's, you know, like I said earlier, that's not a lot for, you know, the area that I live. And, you know, if something happens, I'm, I'm it puts me in a really risky spot. And mm-hmm. is that wise? And my mom was like, you should just do it. <laughs> she mm-hmm. was all gung ho. Um, about just paying it off and being done. Why do you think she was gung-ho about? Or, yeah, what did you hear her say to you? I think she was just like, it's just, maybe not smart wasn't the word, but you're so close. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just finish Mm -hmm. and you only have a month of being kind of like in a risky, little precarious situation, then I think the odds of something happening are pretty 
low. I see. So she was doing the math on the timeline, mm-hmm. right? So you were taking that risk for a month um, as opposed, and then you would get paid again and um, replenish that savings mm-hmm. um, as opposed to at the beginning of the process, you really felt like $1,000 wasn't enough for your particular situation over the course of like a two-year period. That would have felt like too risky for too long. Right. And in your story, it bears out, right? There were a couple like big, chunky things that fell in your lap um, that were on the order of a couple thousand dollars. Right. So it, it wouldn't have been wise to, to reduce all the way down that early. But at the end, it was it was just going to be one month. And that's basically your, what your mom's argument was. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said you also talked to your boyfriend. Right. So where were you when you talked to your boyfriend? Yeah, probably in his car. <laughs> we do a lot of good talking when we're in or when we're driving from place to place. Uh-huh. Um, and he, I p- probably walked him through the same thing that I had walked through with my mom. And, mm-hmm. you know, here's my plan and this is what I'm going to do and what do you think? And he, I remember him being a lot more concerned mm-hmm. of, you know, like, well, if something happens, you know, you don't really have much to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really remember what the like outcome of that conversation was other than I, you know, I mean, I still ended up doing it, mm-hmm. um, but he was a little more concerned about the risk and was it worth it? Hmm. What do you think that he was concerned about for you? I think probably just if I were to, if something really significant would have happened, like I wouldn't have had much to fall back on. And um, and then you could just, I could have potentially gone more into debt, right? Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. I lost my job or whatever, and I had to put something on a credit card, right? I would just be racking up more debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was probably a concern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So how did you then weigh those two um, conversations that you had with people that you trusted along with your own sense of how you were thinking about the situation? It's funny because I think that I probably already decided in my head that I was going to do it. Um, (laughs) So your conversations (laughs) were the kind of conversations where you already know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, I think so. But it was helpful to to have to hear their their thoughts anyway. I think not to say that I like pushed Taylor's opinion aside of my boyfriend. I didn't, you know, just push his thoughts aside. But um, for me, it it really was like I know in my heart this makes sense, mm. and I, I I'm just gonna go for it mm-hmm. and and hope that nothing goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your backup plan if something had gone wrong at that point with like one month to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't. There's only so much I could have prepared for, mm. right? And I knew that even with planning as much as I could, it could still be risky, mm-hmm. um, right? Like something could have happened. I could have like could have lost a job, or car could have been totaled, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there. Even if I had planned for those things, like it's still really risky. Um, so I guess I would say that I wouldn't advise everyone to do that. Mm. Um, it, it maybe isn't the most wise of choices, but like I said, I was so close to being done. Like I think in my heart, I was like, I can bear this for a month. Mm. I, I really think I'll be okay. Mm. Um, and in the end, it all it all turned out fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were saying you wouldn't necessarily advise that for everybody. Yeah. How would you advise people to think about the decision? Well, I think for me, I'm a single woman, you know, I don't have like kids, for example, to think about, like Mm -hmm. I have to just worry about myself. And so Mm -hmm. I think that kind of made me want to be a little more risky, Mm -hmm. right? Like I wasn't playing with other people's living situations or anything (laughs) like that. Uh Um, So I I think maybe that's something to consider, you Mm -hmm. know, like what is, what really are you risking um, 
by making this kind of a decision. For mm-hmm. me, I I didn't feel like I was risking a whole whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could right. It could have been a different situation for someone else. So I would say that's probably something to consider. Sure. Okay. So at this point, you had been through almost a two year journey. You had gotten this letter in the mail that like woke you up to oh my goodness I've got this debt and I want to deal with it you made the choice to put together a debt snowball Um, you knocked off that delinquent loan you knocked off the store card and the medical bill from the ER visit and a $14,000 car loan and then you were working on this $25,000 in student loans that was left and that was the last big target um Tell us about the moment where you made that final payment. Yeah, so that would have been at the end of September of this past year. Um, I had just received um, my second paycheck, so I get paid twice a month. Mm. Um, And I had decided that that was going to be the day. Um, And I think I was... Like at the beginning of the month, I had decided that with that second paycheck at the end of the month, I would go ahead and make the final payment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at work and <laughs> yeah, I was doing this at work too. And it was on a Friday. You weren't there. <laughs> so you're um, at your desk. I'm at my desk and I'm trying to figure out like how it was kind of tricky because I had to make sure that I still had enough money left over to pay all my bills the next month. Right. So I'm like trying to do all this math and figuring out how much I need to take from savings and all these things. I finally get a number and I finally like punch it into um, the online, my student loan portal online so I can, you know, punch in the exact number I'm going to pay. And um, I, I push submit and I'm, I'm done. And um, it, it kind of, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I, I kind of just pushed the button and, and that was it. And I think I looked over at my coworker, Becky, and I was like, I just paid off my debt. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did she say to you? She turned from her desk to yours. And- uh-huh. Yeah, and she was really excited. I think I was really excited too, but I don't think it had hit me yet. Yeah, I think. Because you'd been hitting submit like all yeah. these months. Exactly. And so I don't want to say it felt anticlimactic, but I just think it was like, Oh, I'm done. It, like it just, yeah, wasn't really hitting me at that moment. Um, but she was really excited. What did she say or do? Um, well, she was like, "We need to go celebrate." <laughs> <laughs> so I, we went to McDonald's. Nice. And I got one of those. Well, actually, she bought me as the as you know the celebratory gift. Um, she bought me the little like vanilla ice cream cone with fries. And that, if you know me, <laughs> you know, fries and ice cream <laughs> together are they're like, really good together. Yeah, they're magical. A lot of people who haven't tried it don't believe it. Well, they should definitely try it. That sounds like a great celebration. It was awesome. So you and your coworker Becky went mm-hmm. out. Our coworker Becky went out to McDonald's together. Yes, that's great for. And I love that the celebration, it's like so special to you mm-hmm. um, and your relationship with her. One of the other themes of our collective relationship as a good budget team is ice cream is a way that we celebrate. Um, so you got to share that moment with her. Um, and it's not like it was this like super extravagant thing, but it was mm-hmm. so special yeah. to share that with her. That's yeah. great. And I love that in some ways, like if she hadn't been there with you, um, you might not have recognized or like let it sink into yourself. Like, oh, I just did this. Like, I finished it. Yeah. But she helped you to be able to recognize like, this is a big deal, Carissa. Yeah. That's great. So did it feel like there was a weight lifted or that kind of thing? 
it did feel like a weight was lifted. Just the idea of, okay, like I'm, I don't have to pay this back anymore. There's mm-hmm. going to be so much more flexibility in my budget. I'm going to be able to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have that, that realization eventually. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you like proud of yourself or? Super proud. I mean, yeah, this was something that I was working on for what felt like forever in mm-hmm. my, you know, life. <laughs> it really wasn't, but it, you know, a little under two years. Yeah, that's yeah. the crazy thing is that it felt like forever, but it was actually like 21 months. Yeah. Which is nuts that yeah. you paid off over $40,000 in 21 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a huge accomplishment, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's so awesome that you were able to do that and to see you accomplish something that was your goal for such a long time is really great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your takeaways from this whole debt journey. Well, I think that the biggest thing for me is just my ideas about debt and credit cards. They've shifted so much since then, since mm. um, before when before I started the debt payoff journey. I think now <laughs> I, I understand or the idea that people are making money off of my debt, mm. it kind of like, it just kills me a little bit on the inside, mm-hmm. right? Like there are people who literally want me to be in debt because mm-hmm. they want to make money off of it. And I think that, I don't think that seems right at all. Mm. Um, yeah, just kind of the oppressive nature of debt. Mm. I, th- I think I more so understand now. Mm. And I'm not saying that I'm swearing off credit cards. I still use a credit card every month. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I now have learned to pay it off in full, right? So the whole idea mm-hmm. of like, buy now, pay later, that's not really a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think now I'm really focused on budgeting with my with my pay, with my income and with my checking account balance so that I can continue to use my credit card, but I'm never spending more than what I can pay back the next month. I see. Mm-hmm. So you're budgeting with the money that's actually coming in the door as exactly. opposed to budgeting with like, imaginary (laughs) imaginary credit card limit money exactly yeah yeah that's great i think that's cool because it allows me to still like now i'm still able to have fun Mm -hmm. um and be creative and do all those kinds of things that i was kind of cutting back on before um but i'm not digging myself in a hole Mm -hmm. which is great yeah and it i know from our other conversations we've talked about in good budget you actually can budget with what we call real money Right. In the sense of like the money that's actually coming in the door, that's what we budget with, as opposed to this kind of like a little imaginary of like, oh, I kind of, you know, would like to set aside this much money or like maybe I'd like to set aside that much money. But it's not really connected to the real numbers that are coming in on the paychecks. Mm-hmm. So um, a little plug for our software. Um, it sounds like not only have your spending habits changed, but the way you think about debt has changed. And that all of that together, the habits and the mindsets are probably going to stick with you for a long time because of this journey. So how long has it been since you paid off all that debt? Um, it is, I think I said earlier in the season, it was six months. It's actually, I recalculated, it has been nine months. Mm. So what other things have you been focusing on financially now that you have more space in your budget? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been working on building up um, a savings cushion, mm-hmm. which has been cool. Um and I'm also now really diligent about um, saving, using annual envelopes, basically, mm. and saving a little bit every month. That makes month my for, heart so happy. Yeah. So I I think after I paid off my debt, um, and even still now, I'm finding new things that I like. I need to remember to budget for. So I've created a ton of annual envelopes. And so now I'm like, I put aside $4 every month for my, um, my AAA renewal and uh-huh. things like that that uh-huh. I wasn't doing before, mm. but so that I'm 
you know, saving a little bit every month for those things I know that are going to happen every year so mm-hmm. that I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's great. I think what you just described to me, it brings up this image. I used to run track in high school. Um, I'm not a super athlete, but it's just what I could do because you didn't have to um, do any tryouts to run track. Um, but in track, there's this idea where you don't run to the finish line, you run through the finish line. And so if you were to run to the finish line, that would be like, okay, I paid off my debt. All right, I'm done now. And then in some ways kind of just let everything go and not continue to work on new budget goals or other financial goals. Like you're talking about building up a savings cushion, um, setting aside money for each of these smaller annual expenses, or maybe some of them are larger too. Um, You're actually running through the finish line so that you continue past that end um, it's not like there's just this one goal and then your financial life is is done and boring and there's no more learning to go. Mm. Okay, in some ways I could think that some people would hear your story and be like, dude, this girl is a financial superhero um, and I couldn't necessarily do what she did. Have Have you been like a perfect goody two-shoes since then? Since I paid off my debt? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that. Well, I I did tell myself um, throughout the debt payoff process that when I was done, I would let myself have a little f- bit of fun. So uh-huh. I did make a list of things that I hadn't, I didn't, I wasn't buying um, during the payoff process that I wanted to buy. So mm-hmm. like a KitchenAid stand mixer, <laughs> really wanted one of those. Um, Chris is really into baking. Yes. And it's getting, it's now becoming my new obsession. So now I don't have to log into like my, <laughs> my debt payoff portals. Now I can like... <laughs> I can bake now. Um, so I've been buying a lot of really cool baking books and kind of investing in in that because it's, it's kind of become my passion now. So uh-huh. that's been really cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that's important because one of the th- other things I was going to ask you was that for folks who think like, oh, even though she did it, like maybe she did it because she's like somehow a superhuman. Um, I'm not sure that I could do something like that. What would you say to people who are thinking or feeling that way? Yeah, I would say I could definitely understand that perspective. Um, I did have to be really practical along the way, and I did have a lot of roadblocks along the way, and I did have to make a lot of really hard choices along the way. And so I would say that everyone, I think everyone has the ability in their budgets to make room for for debt payoff. If that's something that they really want to do, there is space, whether it's, you know, you find 10 extra dollars that you can put towards debt snowball or $200 or $2,000 or whatever number, um, it's all good and it all will help propel you further into debt payoff progress. That's great. I love that message to leave us all with like, you know, all of us have different financial circumstances. Some people earn more or less. Some people have more responsibilities or less. But um, the way that we think about what our priorities are, once we're clear about those, we can always make some kinds of adjustments. There are always There's always certain kinds of choices that are available to us that we can work on and make progress towards our goals, which is great. So thank you so much for sharing this whole story with us through this season, Carissa. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you all for listening. Wow, what a journey with all the twists and turns to finally paying off over $40,000 in debt. Kudos to Carissa. What jumped out at me today were the conversations she had with her mom and boyfriend about whether to take more out of savings and make that final payment sooner to finish everything off. She was doing what we talk about on The Good Budget Way, 
move past the taboo and talk with people you trust. Now, each of them had different opinions on the situation, and it really sounds like the conversations helped her see her blind spots and be clear about why she made the choice that she did. And that brings us to this episode's reflection question for all of us. Is there something that you've been working on financially but maybe haven't talked about with people you trust? Especially if you share finances with someone, like in a couple, as a family, or with a roommate, you definitely need to be talking about those kinds of key money decisions. For myself, my husband and I had some really helpful conversations with trusted friends and family when we were going through the process of buying a home. Because we have friends who had purchased homes in the neighborhood where we were looking, they were able to help us think about reasonable prices in the neighborhood. And as we were budgeting to figure out how much we could actually afford, we got this great spreadsheet that one of my brothers had built to estimate the true costs of owning a home, including things like property taxes, homeowners insurance, and maintenance. We'd also gotten great advice from another brother and sister-in-law early in our marriage to budget off one income instead of two, even though we were both working full-time at the time with no kids. And as a bonus, my mom's a real estate agent, so she was able to talk us through all of the expenses in the actual home buying process, like commissions and title insurance. If not for those conversations, we definitely would have missed a lot of our blind spots as first-time home buyers. And with all of that info, we could actually craft a budget that was more realistic and create envelopes for both one-time costs of buying a home and ongoing costs of owning a home. Well, now it's your turn. So tell us about the key money talks that you want to have with someone you trust. How has talking with people you trust about money choices helped you see your blind spots or deepened your relationships? Tell us in the comments at goodbudget.com slash podcast. This is the final episode of season two of The Good Budget Way. Thank you all so much for joining us on this journey as we've heard Carissa's story of paying off over $40,000 in debt in less than two years and as we all have reflected on our own relationships with money. We're so grateful for everything you've shared with us and for what we've learned about ourselves along the way too. We're taking a chunky break to do the in-depth research, recording, editing, and behind-the-scenes work to bring you season three later next year. In season three, we want to bring you more stories of people who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. And we want to highlight your money stories. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, we'd love to hear from you. We're open to all kinds of stories of how you're budgeting with a why, and we're especially interested to hear from you if you've been through some hard times and come out the other side. If you lost your job or income or had a major medical problem or experienced one of the three Ds, death, divorce, or disability, and live to tell the tale, we'd love to hear from you. And even if you haven't had something so dramatic happen to you, but you're budgeting with a why in your life, tell us about it. To find out more about being a guest on our show, go to goodbudget.com slash podcast guest. To hear season three when it comes out later next year, make sure you're subscribed to The Good Budget Way in your podcast app. And to get sneak previews, join our email list. Find out how at goodbudget.com slash podcast. A huge thank you from our entire team to all of you who've listened and joined us this season. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your friends and leave us a review to help other folks find it too. And as always, if you're inspired to budget with a why, get started on a budget that you can sync and share with our tools at goodbudget.com or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting!